you know, we couldn't have picked a better city to build this arena in the UK and probably in all of Europe, quite frankly, because of the music heritage. And Manchester deserved this venue. Meet Sam Piccioni. Sam is the President International of Oakview Group, the company building the Co-op Live Arena, which is set to become the largest indoor arena for live events in the country. Sam's a newly adopted Manc, coming to Manchester for the first time in 2018 from America via London. But he's really got the measure of this place, and it's clear from our conversation that he understands the beat of Manchester and how things work here. Sam has worked in live events for 20 years, and he knows how much music impacts people and how to create a community around it. There's a lot of anticipation about the opening of the arena in April, a new event space with big investors like Harry Styles, and artists like Liam Gallagher, Take That and Elbow already confirmed to play. But I wanted to know, what will it feel like to be one of the thousands of fans watching your favourite artists in this arena? With such iconic Manchester venues like the Hacienda, the Free Trade Hall and the Ritz, what will this new arena bring to the city and how is it benefiting the communities surrounding it? And how do you build something brand new in the city region and still incorporate the values of a Manchester institution like the Co-op? I'm Lisa Morton and this is We Built This City. Sam, welcome to We Built This City. Oh, thank you for having me. And it's been absolutely amazing working with you and your team over the past um, two and a half years. I can't actually believe it's that long, really. But the the team that you've got here, absolutely amazing. And we've got you as an adopted Manc, obviously, because you can tell from the accent that you're not from round here. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I wish I was, actually. Well, thank you for having me as an adopted Manc. And you will be our adopted co-op live team member. So, thank you. Yeah, we've been working together for almost since day one, mm. since I hired Becky You've been amazing, Lisa. I think your network, I learned a lot from you. Um, One of my first things I learned about this city from you was it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Um, (laughs) I think we installed that very quickly in Becky and, you know, we're trying to spread the word so people know who Co-op Live is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And mentioning Becky there, so that's Becky Thompson, who's the head of premium experiences here, isn't she? And I met her online on Zoom in COVID before she came to Manchester and she has uh, worked the Mancunian way so well that she's now got my hairdresser and getting with him <laughs> faster than I can. And he also takes her to Barry's in the morning, then takes her to his salon. I don't get that That's treatment. Great. So she's nailed that for sure. So tell me, where were you born? You're obviously from the States. So tell me a bit about that background. I am, but don't hold that against me. <laughs> I've been gone a long time. So I was born in New Jersey um, with a little music heritage in the same town, if you will, as Bruce Springsteen. So I sell music for a living, but I actually really am only passionate about one band and that's Bruce. Um, So I was born and raised in Monmouth County, New Jersey. Um, Went to school in Columbia, South Carolina for sports business, sports marketing. So I was very blessed early days in high school. I found out that there was this degree called sports business. And I always thought I'd be on Wall Street being a banker or a trader or something. But then when I heard that there was a degree in sports business, I said, wow, like I love sports and I I love sales and business. So went down south, got a degree in sports business. And these were early days. I'm talking 19, I'm old. So 1994, when sports business was not popular, it wasn't on every university's curriculum. Now it is. Um, So it was an amazing experience, 
drove 3,500 miles across the country to Southern California to be an intern making $6 an hour for a baseball team and a hockey team, worked 180 something events a year, and just absolutely fell in love with the live event business and the venue business at that point. Um, did 10 years in Southern California, kind of called Anaheim and Newport Beach and Laguna Beach and every beach in between there and, and Los Angeles home. And then one day, Tim, who's my current boss now and the owner of Oakview Group, Tim Laiwicki, asked me to move to China. Uh, sight unseen, one-way ticket. <laughs> I always say if you ever have uh, been given a, an opportunity to work abroad, you should take it, but make sure you have an exit plan because otherwise one turns into five. And I did five years in China and it was life-changing, both professionally and personally, just an unbelievable experience. I think it was the really um, uh, amazing growth period for China, the Olympics in 2008, the World Expo in 2010. We built three arenas in, in five years. And then I had enough. It was like, all right, what's next? And Tim um, said, look, you should come to London and we're going to build a lot of things and buildings and opportunities over here. So um, I call myself international more than American. I have a British passport. Uh, I'm not leaving. This is my new home. I love the country. And um, yeah, I've been here since 2013 and 25 years in this business. And what do you think it is about the whole live events experience that excites you so much? Oh, look, live is live. Mm. Uh, in, a, in a day of age where people's attention spans are short and there's a hundred different ways to consume content, nothing beats live. And a venue, the beauty of building Co-op Live in a 23,000 seat arena, state of the art, built for music, is every night it reinvents itself, right? The venue is the hero because one night you're seeing Taylor Swift and every dad and his daughter, you know, the dads are the heroes and the daughters are having a great time. And the next night, you know, it's Metallica and all the blokes are out there having a great time. And the building just keeps reinventing itself because live is live and you'll never be able to replace live. And that's why we made a huge 375 million pound private bet on this arena in the city of Manchester, where there's a huge music pedigree. You know, we couldn't have picked a better city to build this arena in the UK and probably in all of Europe, quite frankly, because of the music heritage. And Manchester deserved this venue. You know, Manchester, I think, has always been second to London in a lot of ways, but Tim really felt that Manchester should be first when it comes to the newest, best live entertainment, music-focused arena. Um, so that's why I love live. That's why I love venues. So you're a real Bruce Springsteen fan, are you? Is that you? Kind of the biggest. Really? I've seen him as many times when we're live, so 48 times. Going. 48 times? Yeah, I'll see him five times this, this <laughs> spring and say. summer. So I've already got it mapped up, going to Kilkenny, going to Prague. I'll see him in Cardiff. Um, you know, are you friends? Uh, <laughs> I've been this close oh, <laughs> many times. I, my best friend belongs to his beach club, Chapel Beach Club. I've been this close many times, but I've never actually met him. Is he coming to Co-op Live? Uh, he, I think he has a chance one day, yes. Really? It would be my dream. You'll meet him then, though. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> sure, definitely. So it's music first, isn't it? So is it, the, is it the UK's first music first venue? Yeah, I would say it's really Europe's first, not just the UK. Most venues in our lifetime have been built for sport. Sports first, music second. It's built for basketball, hockey, whatever it might be. There's a scoreboard. The pitch lines are all designed around 
sport and music second acoustically as well. So Tim, OVG, Harry Styles, Simon Moran, Live Nation, all the partners, City Football Group in this building decided to put music first. So it was purposely designed by Populous, arguably the best architect that we could have ever picked for this, really designed this for the band and for the fan. And you'll see that instantly that when you walk in this arena in April to see your favorite artist, that it really was designed for you, the fan, and for the artist. And so what will you notice that will be different from another arena? I mean, first and foremost, acoustics. Um, you'll be closer to the stage than any other place you've ever seen a concert to this size. We wanted it to feel intimate. So going back to Bruce, sorry, but going back to Bruce, he loves playing in a hot, sweaty hall. You know, this will feel like that. This will feel like your 500 to 3,000 person music club in your hometown here. There's many. If you think about the Hacienda and the history of music venues in Manchester, you can start there. We took some inspiration from the Hacienda and put it into this building. So it feels intimate, even though it's UK's largest music venue. And so obviously um, the level of experience in terms of the, the premium nature of that is, I mean, we're sitting here in HQ, which I've been around so many times and it's mind blowing to walk around here and get a feel for what it's going to be like as a fan in, in the in the bowl and what it could be like in some of those suites or clubs within the whole arena. So so we've not really seen anything like that in Manchester before, have we? Yeah, and even designing this sales center that I was involved in in the beginning, we wanted to be interactive. When you don't have something tangible to sell 27 suites and 13 different clubs and lounges and thousands of memberships, plus the sponsorships on top. You needed something interactive. And I think this was the the design of this and the intent of this was to surprise and delight. Um, it's not just a basic room where you watch a video or you sit in a plush seat and say, this is what the suite experience is going to be like. It's interactive. There's a history, there's a story. And we've used this for three and a half years. Our sales team has done an amazing job. Seriously, can't thank them enough for their hard work. We're at the finish line now selling the, the very last of our inventory. So yeah, this, this was what would be to come. And now as we sit here on February 1st, the calendar turned February today, um, you know, we can do hard hat tours. So we can start the tour here and then bring people over to the site, put a hard hat on, boot some protective gear, and they actually do a tour and stand in the suite or in the seat that they're buying. Amazing. Well, you did an event, it was October time when we, you did the topping out. Topping out, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could go and sign our names on, it was going to be in the roof or something. Yeah, it was one of the beams. It? The beams, yeah. So and I actually put we built the city on that and oh, signed nice. it. Yeah. So I'm up in the in the ceiling somewhere. <laughs> Forever. <in there. laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so was Manchester just on the radar because of it was like an, a great global city, or had you been here and you thought you liked the vibe? So how well, did that happen? Well, no, it wasn't by mistake at all. It was very intentional, actually. Tim goes way back in this country. He's the crazy American who bought the Millennium Dome um, when he was with AEG and turned it into the O2. And at one point he actually had already um, bought the, what was, well, today is what the AO Arena, what was the the MEN. So he has always had a, a soft spot in his heart for Manchester. So when we set out on this project almost five years ago, um, he wanted to be Manchester first. And we were fortunate enough to, to meet City Football Group and Sir Howard Bernstein and get the piece of land on the Etihad campus and be a part of the development of Eastlands. And I think that's also the second part of this story, how this arena is a is the heartbeat of the community of Manchester, 
and will become part of the legacy of this. And Eastlands, if you look at where it is and what it was and what it's becoming, this arena is playing a main part. So it wasn't by accident that we stumbled on Manchester. Tim's always loved the city. He's always had an affection for it, and he's been involved here before. And and going back to the long heritage of, of bands and artists from here, it just made sense. Mm. He seems like an adopted man when he comes. He's, he, you can tell he actually loves the city, and he knows it well, doesn't he? He's not just, obviously, say, I've forgotten, a, of course, he was involved. In. He's a big walker, so he, yeah. he walks every morning, um, tens of thousands of steps. <laughs> and he's... <laughs> dragged me and many of us on those walks. So, you know, we walked the path and we're investing millions into the walkway between Piccadilly Station and Etihad campus because we really want to give back to the community and create a, a legacy. So yeah, Tim knows the city. Um, we're here. I mean, I come every, I was coming once a month and every three weeks, then every two weeks. Now it's every week. We've got probably about eight to a dozen international employees from Denver from London who have moved here full time now to finish the arena. So yeah, we're we're we know the city, we're we're invested in the city. We love Manchester and you know, at least for me I'm very humbled to be called the honorary <laughs> bank, but I think you should get Tim on this cuz he's he's the special one. Yeah, we'd love to actually. And just talking about that part of East Manchester, I remember in my early career um, working on the sports city, you know, the, and, and it was, there was nothing there. It was when they built the Asda that's there. We helped to do a recruitment program and, and do the stakeholder engagement with people in that area to say, you know, try and um, engage them in what was happening. And it's now like, it's so incredible to see what's happening there. And you're also, as part of your work, aren't you, to make sure it doesn't feel like that cut off, that part of that walk from which we've done from Piccadilly to the arena. So you're going to activate that space. It's mm -hmm. going to be walkways and it's going to be lit, isn't mm -hmm. it? So Yeah, we're going to have busking stations. We'll have yeah. food and beverage. It'll be lit better, safer. Um, it'll be a, a, an opportunity for people to walk there every day, not just on the 350 nights of concerts or the 50 nights of um, football matches. Three million people will come to that campus. Um, when the arena opens in April on an annual basis, but CFG is finishing off their next phase of the development. So yes, this walkway will connect city center to Etihad campus, and it really will become an everyday destination come April when we open. And what about the relationship with the co-op? So the co-op has got naming rights for 15 years. How did that relationship come about and why was it important to you? Yeah, first, I mean, great partners. Just couldn't be happier um, to have co-op on board and early, early days. I mean, we, I don't even know if I can say this, but we signed the contract with co-op before we had planning permission, right? They were our our partner from day one. We knew we're like-minded. We have similar values, sustainability, community, charity, um, experiential and um, AJ, Amanda Jennings, you know, very early days, she she saw this opportunity and we helped her internally to sell this through. And they've been an amazing partner. There'll be food, obviously, is a big part of what co-op is. So we've integrated their product, their brand, their values into the building. And like I said, just great to have a co-op as the naming rights partner who's headquartered here and has a, a long history. And also, though, is a national brand. We want this to be UK's favorite arena as well. And that was important for co-op, for all of their members to be able to experience and enjoy this no matter where they lived. Mm. And if you're a co-op member, you get 
early access to tickets. Yeah, you get a pre-sale, right? And and many other benefits. But the big one right now, especially as we've put over 40 artists on sale, we've sold over 500,000 tickets to date and we haven't opened the doors yet and there's more to come. But the biggest um, perk or advantage today for a co-op member is the right to buy tickets pre-sale before they go on sale to the general public. And the co-op members have responded Amazingly, thousands each show are buying tickets and um, it's working, which is awesome to see. I think it's that's such a, a good thing to do. And, and it, as you say, the COP is such a kind of greater Manchester institution, everything it stands for. Um, it's really great to see. And it's going to be the whole top of the building is going to be like a black box and it's going to have the co-op. Yeah, we've got an LED halo ribbon, mm. if you will. It's an outdoor billboard that circles the building and co-op will be um, advertise on there along with our other founding partners plus community messages and upcoming events so yeah it's a very i think someone today when they were giving a tour in this room said that'll be the the light bulb moment literally like when <laughs> we light the halo yeah. then we know it's just about finished and we're, we're talking about uh, an opening day of the 24th of april well, we get the keys around april 19th so right. yes it's um you know we're under we're under 80 days now it's uh, fast and furious approaching So just talk about in terms of contributions. So local jobs, lo local job creation. Thousands. Thousands. And that's from construction. All the way through. All the way through, local yep. hospitality, all that. So thousands of jobs. And what's the response been like for in your recruitment? I mean, I think you've you've been inundated with interest, haven't you, for jobs across different Yeah, it's an ongoing, ongoing process, um, recruiting every single day. Look, today, I think we've got about 60-something full-time staff on our way to 100, 120. Um, we will have thousands of part-time staff working every single day. Almost becomes a full-time job when you look at 150 nights a year that we'll do live events. So, And the, the communities responded. We're really trying to concentrate on the Eastlands part of town and, and hiring local people. We, we thought that through even early days from the construction company, BAM, who've been amazing, to buying our steel locally buying our seats locally so yeah it's been um, bolton is where we bought our steel so we're, you know right. we're giving back to the community yeah. in multiple ways and a big part of going back to co-op is that we've committed to donate over a million pounds annually through the co-op live foundation back to deserving charities and everyone's doing this from our sweet holders to our sponsors to the artists to the promoters so it's it's a hundred percent giving arena and a, a some of that money um, will be staying uber local as well. You talk about arenas creating a sense of place. What appeals to me is the fact that it's not just um, it's not just a place where you would go and watch a show. You're not just going to go there and leave. It's also a place that you're opening up, aren't you, to the local community for different uses. And it's got a water side aspects on one side. So, do you feel that it's going to create, you know, in terms of footfall and, and create a community around that? Do you think that will change? the dynamic of East Manchester. Absolutely, yeah. Um, look, it's a venue within a venue as well with the 4,000 person street, which is our atrium. Um, the lounges and the clubs will be operable on non-event days. And then as you mentioned, we have this canal side plaza, which is really nice that can open up the food and beverage as I look at it now onto the canal side facing Etihad Stadium. We plan on doing uh, community events like yoga and farmers markets and Christmas bazaars. So yeah, there'll be something happening there almost every single day. Mm. I mean, and that it just kind of, again, gives another fillet to the area, doesn't it, in terms of housing and, and house prices. And it just creates that kind of vibrant aspect to the city, doesn't it? 
Yeah, the economic impact of these yeah. arenas are mm. are amazing. What what happens to the? I mean, hotel room stays. When you look back at how when we started, and it still might be the stat today, but in, I know for a fact in 2018 when we started, 2019 the top three cities in the world with the most cranes, Manchester was top three. Right, hotels are growing here or opening here. Rather, restaurants are opening. People are moving here. Homes are being developed. So, Manchester is the place to be, and this arena will be the heartbeat of the community. It will be giving back, and it'll be the home for everyone in Manchester. Mm. Who's coming up? Give us a flavour of some of the artists. Well, there's already been, like I said, forty announced. Um, there's the opening still to be a surprise, so I can't give that away. Not Liam and Noel getting together. No, we? I mean, look, the, <laughs> the building's there. I think if there ever was a place, hopefully Co-op <laughs> yeah. Live would be it. Um, but look, anyone who's out there touring who can sell, you know, 10, 12,000 plus tickets in an indoor venue will be playing Co-op Live. Mm. We're taking artists, you know, who would... My favorite analogy is if you look at the summer of 2019... Drake played seven nights at the O2 and three nights at the AO Arena. If you fast forward to this summer, we'll have certain artists who will do the opposite. They'll play seven nights at Co-op Live and three in, in London or four in London. So this will be the place to play. It's new. It's exciting. It's The acoustics are great. The back of the house was designed for artists. It was designed for the artist crew. Um, the load-in, we can fit eight trucks to load in at the same time. So that actually gives the promoter a chance to be able to get in and out and, and tour more. So the whole entire building has been designed for that. So you know, we started out saying 120 events a year, then 130 events a year, and now we're up to 150 events a year, and it should be 200 events a year before you know it. I'm going to be knackered. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> so who are you looking forward to most? Can you say that? Have you got anybody that you're excited, obviously, until we announce Bruce, anyone that you're really looking forward to seeing? That we've already announced? Mm. I mean, look, there's there's so many great ones that already have. Um, look, obviously, Liam Gallagher playing, I think is going to be great. Take that, coming back and playing Seven Nights. Um, we just announced Five Nights of the Eagles and Steely Dan. I mean, the outreach, the, everyone's excited to see Steely Dan and the Eagles. Supposedly, this is their last tour as well. So there's a lot of them at Livy Rodrigo, sold out two nights as well. Um, the list is long. I mean, we, we put Simply Red on sale. I think it's in 2025, mm-hmm. right? So stay tuned. I mean, we're going to be having UFC, WWE. Uh, we'll, we're talking the NBA. Uh, we're going to have darts. You know, we'll have everything and something for everyone. And Manchester's always in the timeout, and it's just been in Condé Nast. And New York Times has been one of the best places to go to um, in Europe. You first came here in 2018, was it, when you first came? So, I mean, in that period of time, you've seen a massive change to city centre and Greater Manchester. So can you just kind of talk me through what you've seen come forward and emerge? Yeah, I mean, in addition to the cranes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, this city's got an amazing, um, I think, passion. They're, the people here are very passionate about their home. They're friendly. They're outgoing. Um, they are always smiling. And again, I think when, you know, Becky, for example, she moved here, right? And now she calls this home and she's happy to be here. Like, I've never set, seen a city that every day almost changes amongst in front of you, but also younger. It gets younger and younger every time I come here. Um, also, the, the universities are, are big. They're great. I was just at University of Bolton and they're number 23 in the country where 
just 15, 20 years ago, they were 123. Right, so that kind of shows you about the the pull of Greater Manchester. I think the mayor Andy Burnham has a lot of credit in that. Bev Craig has a lot of credit in that. Sir Howard, if you go back years and decades, really had that vision to do that. And now you're starting to see that in front of you in 2024 um, with projects like this. Probably the greatest private economic development in the entire city over the last five years, at least, if not longer, with Co-op Live. Mm. The thing about um, Manchester quickly becoming your home, um, Becky Thompson tells the story is the fact that when she got the job to come and work um, on the project with OVG, she was bouncing and she was so excited to tell a partner that she got the job and they were all jumping around the kitchen together and excited. Then she said, oh, I forgot to tell you, we've got to move to Manchester. Yeah, that, wasn't, that was part of the deal. Um, you, you can't sell, and we didn't build this arena to be like an arena in London or Los Angeles or New York or any other capital market around the world. We built this for Manchester and you've been part of this journey with us um, since 2019. Yeah. And I've loved it. And it's the hilarious kind of, you know, square the circle. What the expression is, is that obviously Becky's bought a house here, committed here. She'd been doing some work on the house and she was short of a plasterer and she was desperate because she had some work done. So my son was around at her house on a Sunday, <laughs> massively hung over chicken everyone's helping everyone So <laughs> that does really kind of sum up what we're all about here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Can we talk about relationships? Because that's a real thing that, that Greater Manchester is known for. And we've got clients from London or outside of the city region. And if I have to walk across town, say, for five minutes... It can take half an hour because you're literally you stopping to say hi to people. And it's always people always remark on that how easy it is to do good business here if you put back into those relationships. So what's your view on how we operate that kind of hive in a way as a as a city region? Well, I like the phrase that Manchester's a 15-minute city, meaning you can walk across it in 15 minutes, right? And I think that really says a lot too. And I haven't owned a car in 16 years since I, I left America. So to be able to go out and walk, no matter what the weather is, it doesn't matter. But yes, I see familiar faces and I don't technically live here, but I see similar faces in the coffee shops, et cetera. So I think that's part of the draw about Manchester. And it is a city where it's kind of who knows you, who do you know, but in a good way, right? And it's everyone's always willing to open a door. I mean, we've done thousands of tours through this HQ, through this sales center, and almost every one of them at the end was like, you know what, I'm going to bring my friend back. They would love this. I'm going to tell this person. You know, so I think that that says a lot too, that people are, this is part, Co-op Live is part of the community. People are proud to spread the, the word about it and how can their business benefit from having a suite or a premium seat, a membership here and how, look, it's gonna be one big happy family. There's gonna be a lot of business being done, a lot of happy memories being had at Co-op Live night after night. Mm. And who has been instrumental for you, for your team, would you say here in terms of the wider public-private sector? Obviously you mentioned how Bernstein, Bev Craig's been really supported, Joanne Roney, as that welcome from the public sector. Yeah, the, the council's been amazing yeah. since day one. I think they realized what this is going to be. 
Um, definitely Sir Howard. You know, I always say too, if every city had a Sir Howard, every city would be much better off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, can't say enough about City Football Group, Ferran, um, Danny, just amazing. You know, we really followed their lead. They've been here longer than us. Um, and they, they have steered us perfectly in that direction. Simon Moran, you know, big, one of the biggest concert promoters in the country here. So co-op, go back to co-op about the people there. You know, we've really made an effort to become part of the community, build those relationships, um, because we're going to be here long term. Mm. And early on, the team was small, but then you brought some really good people in who had those long-standing relationships with the city region, which obviously helped. But what strikes me here as well about your team is that the culture, kind of the values of the team as well, it feels very well, very Mancune. And even though, as you say, you've got some adopted Manx in the team. So what kind of values or what kind of work ethics do you think, you know, you created here? Because it it's clearly had a huge impact on what you've been able to do in, in a really relatively short period of time. Yeah, one of my favorite expressions in this business is we're not the people out there saving lives. You know, well, our job is to put smiles on people's faces. And when you're part of an experience like this, where you start to see from literally green space to a hole in the ground, to the steel coming out of the ground, no matter when you joined this journey of Co-op Live, and again, it could have been when we just had grass, to when we dug the hole, to there's steel coming out, to the rooftopping ceremony in October, to now the building is, is watertight, to lighting the halo, to opening night, or even a year from now, you're part of that big family who are putting smiles on people's faces every single night through live events. And I think that's really special. It doesn't feel like work for me. I've never felt like this is a job. It's not work. You know, it's about joining people together in a common cause. And again, putting in a great environment for people to see their favorite artists and look, these artists are very special. They love playing for their fan base. So to put those two together in a place like Co-op Live, it's the secret recipe. Mm. Yeah. And what would you say your values are in terms of, you know, you've worked in a very exciting industry for all your career, and but it's also very fast-paced, very commercial, it's results-driven. So how... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I didn't say it. My, I'm a salesman. I'm yeah. actually extremely proud to be a salesman. Mm -hmm. A lot of people shy away. Like when I interview people, I ask them, like, how would you describe yourself? And if they don't say I'm a saleswoman or a salesman, it's like, okay, well, you should be happy and proud to do that. I am. Like, that's what I do. And really what salespeople do is they connect people, right? I connect brands to opportunities and to spaces and to venues. Um, so very happy and proud to say that I do that. We've we've done that very successfully. We've had um, you know early, early interest from Bristol Street Motors and Diageo and Britvic and obviously Co-op. We've had a long list of suite holders from Boodles and Selfridges who have bought suites and memberships. And I think that that building that network of like-minded brands and leaders who come together for a cause like Co-op Live and how they're gonna use the venue as a platform to grow their brand, grow their membership, give back to their employees. That's what I do personally and what I enjoy doing. Um, it's kind of the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> uh, I've been doing it a long time. But that's, I think, will be my proudest moment uh, in in mid-April, standing there when I see all the butts and seats and all the people in their suites enjoying it with a glass of Moet champagne and 
drinking a Seven Brothers beer, right? I think that's uh, that's going to be the really cool part of we did this. You know, um, there'll be there'll be tears. There will be. Mm. Yeah, so many iconic venues in Manchester, particularly for music. And it seemed a long time ago now, but when there was the first whispers of a new arena coming to another part of the city, which wasn't in the city centre for a start, that there was a real perhaps concern from the community that what's going to happen to what was known as the MEN Arena, now AO Arena, you know, was that going to move people out of the city centre? Was it going to mean that there was no space for the AO Arena? So what were your views on that and kind of how's that pan- I, I, I like how you said city center so again go back to a, a city that you can walk across in 15 minutes yeah. and then tell me where the city center is well true so yeah. again i've been selling this venue since day one call it middle end of 2018 2019 when we first early 2019 when we first kicked dirt right um they're really city center is growing every day and actually any Big city needs to grow their city center beyond. But we're in Manchester, it's it's walkable. And B, a city like Manchester deserves a second venue, right? There, if you look at London, it's got two. It had three before Earl's Court was taken down. Birmingham has two. And quite frankly, I think Manchester rivals Birmingham as the second biggest or best city. If not, maybe has taken that crown, right? Yeah. So there's room for two. Um, we've always said that from, from day one. Um, the AO Arena in its glory days was a top five arena in the world from tickets sold. And it's gone down and many reasons why. But the bottom line is this is a city that deserves to, it can it can definitely handle to, there's enough content to go around, there's enough people to go around. And, you know, we're very confident in what we built and also being a neighbor with the AO Arena. Mm. What is going to happen is that the that Cult Live is going to bring in so much tourism, there's going to be lots of visitors. We already know we work with the Manchester Hotels Association. You've been in to talk to them about that. It's going to have impacts on hotel rooms. It's going to have impacts on the hospitality sector, retail. As an adopted Manc, if somebody who had not been to Manchester before was going to come to Court Live for a gig in the evening, what would you advise them to do in the day? Okay, that's easy. <laughs> so I just did it today. So I, I have a little bit of a... a I'm a creature of habit. So when I come up here, I don't have a lunch meeting. I go to Nell's Pizza. So I would tell them, go to Nell's, not too far in the northern quarter over here, and get a slice of pizza from Nell's, and it will rival a slice from New York City. (laughs) Right. I've still not been to Nell's. You got to go. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Um, And what what have you enjoyed most, would you say, in the years that you've been coming to Manchester? What you know, when you get off the train at, at Piccadilly or what do you love about the whole Manchester vibe? Look, the energy, the energy, um, the youthfulness of the city. I, it's very easy to fit in here. I, 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 if I could say this is like my second home in the UK. Uh, I actually looked at buying property in 2019, 2020. I think I missed that boat. Uh, <laughs> I should have done it, but that's what I enjoy. And like, I could almost do it with my eyes closed now. You know, I can get off the train and I know literally I can walk anywhere i know it dean's gate all of them it just it feels comfortable and it's just a really fun vibe here that leads really nicely into our manchester quickfire have you picked up any manchester expressions uh, <laughs> probably not. I'm just trying to lose my American expressions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say the accent because that's not working. You've not got flat vowels yet anyway. Um, so what's about any mank words? I mean, um, are you saying, would you like a brew? 
Oh, you not got that far yet. I think the one that always stands out, because we did this great video, uh, our first sizzle reel, and the word banger was in there. And I, I didn't know if what they meant by it. I was like, does that mean sausage? What, like, what's like bangers and mash? And I said, no, banger is like a great tune, like a great hit. And so I like the word banger now when it comes to music. So you're going to be saying that then when Court Live yes. opens, this is a great banger. I mean, what about, do you know what um, angin means? I don't. <laughs> Angin means when something's really awful. Oh, well, maybe it's, I don't because that, that word has not been used in this setting <laughs> ever in four and a half years, which is great. <laughs> and what's about something's mint? Um, really good. Yeah, got that. <laughs> and have you ever heard somebody describe, mention their Newton Heaths? Nope. That's your teeth. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and Newton cool Heath down the road. So, okay, can you describe Manchester in three words? Yeah, I think we've probably said a lot of them already. But if I had to say three quick ones, I would say the passion here, um, the energy here, and the you know can-do spirit. Right? There's I've never come here where there's been any negativity. Like maybe it goes back to the the mascot of Manchester with the working bee. You know, so I feel that that is the the core of the city. Right? Always marching on, rolling up your sleeves, building, growing, which is really to me inspiring. Mm. Buzzing, that's another Buzzing. Buzzing. <laughs> so I was going to say to you, is this something that represents Manchester to you? So is it the worker bee then that really says Manchester? Yeah. 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 So many people got the, the bee tattoos. Know, Are you going to go that far? Are you, you going to go? If someone, if someone challenged me, I think I would do it. I have a few tattoos, so I'm not against it. We, you've got to do it. We're going to be there when, you, when that happens. Um, and also... I ask what you ordered the chippy, but have you actually ever been to a chippy? Okay, so like I said, I am a honorary Brit. I have a British passport. I've been here long enough, going on twelve years. I don't really like fish and chips. Right. I've oh. I've, I've never actually been. I have friends that are shocked, um, but like I said, the northern um, quarter has got some amazing restaurants. Nell's, um, you know, there, there's plenty of great British food and, and Manx food yeah. that I have experienced. But what about like a, a pudding or a yeah, meat potato I'm a, pie? I'm, or... a, I'm a big fan of puddings. Yes. I've got a sweet tooth. I know, you, I know no, that... not that kind of pudding, oh. like a steak and kidney pudding, like the, the suet like, puddings that nope, you haven't done that. in a tray with gravy. Like a pie I've done. Yeah, no, it's like soup pudding with steak and kidney inside it. I, I think in yours. You have to take me out, Lisa. I, I, we go into the chippy. <laughs> One of my favourites is the fish hut on um, Liverpool Road, so I'll we'll have to go there. You take me there, I'll take you to Nels. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll go and get you a bee tattoo. So just lastly, I mean, you mentioned before what it's going to be like for you and your team on that day um, when the arena opens. And it's going to be incredible. And obviously I'm excited because I'm going to be there for sure. Um, but what is it that you feel that the Cult Live is going to bring to Greater Manchester? I mean, look, it, it's going to be a community hub, but for me, it's it's a legacy, right? To say that I was part of this journey that started with a green field next to Etihad Stadium and Sir Howard Bernstein and City Football Group and Tim Laiwiki and, you know, to come back in 10, 15, 20 years and, and still see it, I think that's the, the legacy of what this is and the symbol of what this will be um, when we open those doors and the many, many, many different acts that come through the door, putting this building on a global map. I think that's the that's what I'm looking forward to. It might be, you know, I might be old in some other place, but Co-op Live will be here. I'll be reading about it. Um, kids, kids will be seeing gigs there. The next new artists, the next new Harry Styles will be playing there. Um, it really will be a home for 
the fans and the bands. Mm. I'm so excited. And it's been an absolute privilege working with you and your team. And, you know, I've got, I've made some lifelong friends actually in the past two and a half years. And it's been a privilege to be working so closely with you. Uh, massive music fan. So I really can't wait. And I just wanted to thank you very much for helping us to build this city. Well, thank you for having us, uh, having me and also Thank you for believing in this. Um, you know, like I said, you were one of the first people we met. You've been a mentor to Becky, inspiration to the entire team. And um, look, you deserve to also be proud of this. And you're an honorary <laughs> member of Co-op Live. So we'll see you in April. Thank you. I can't wait. Sam Piccioni is building the city by laying the ground for new Manchester memories, by understanding that in this city, it's not who you know, but who knows you and by liking pudding, but not the steak and kidney kind. On the next episode of We Built This City, you'll hear from Paulette Constable, known as DJ Paulette, the first female resident DJ at the Hacienda, and that episode will be available on the 29th of February. This podcast was produced by Purposeful Podcasts. If you want to build a community around your business or your brand, please do get in touch with our amazing team through our website at purposefulpodcast.com. If you'd like to find out more about how Roland Dransfield can help you drive your values and create relationships that build your business success, then head over to rdpr.co.uk. Or you can find us on Instagram at Roland Dransfield or X at rdprtweets. Or feel free to give us a call at the office on the same number we've had for 27 years on 0161 236 1122. And in the meantime, please don't forget to rate, review and follow We Built This City. Thank you. Thank you.